You know, in this fourth Advent Sunday, which actually represents peace. It's actually, you know, the candle that's been lit across the world today is known as the angel's candle. And the meaning of the lighting of that candle is to remind us that peace is here. Peace has come. And, you know, these traditions, sometimes we've forgotten what the meanings of them are. and We just do it. But sometimes it's good to look and pause and think about the meaning of them. Otherwise, we would just have trees for trees' sake. The fact is, we didn't have the team to do it. But boy, we have a team that have led us into the presence of God. Amen. And I'm so thankful for every single one of you. And I pray that as you go into this Christmas season, you will be refreshed. Your soul, your body, your mind will be refreshed. And I don't just pray that for the team. I pray it for every one of you. Pray it for myself, because as you might notice, I've got the Tina Turner voice happening this morning. Oh, you all know who... Okay, actually, I did wonder about that. Who knows who Tina Turner is? All right, the rest of you, you need to see me afterwards. But (laughs) hey-ho. There's a few who don't. Okay, but they're like all of 12 years old. Okay. But you know, let me just start this message today. I want to bring you a message. And I believe that you're going to sense the, the, the hope, the peace, the joy that actually is represented in the Advent season. And, you know, the the first Advent Sunday, that Sunday when the candle is lit across the world, that candle is known as the prophet's candle and it represents hope because there were prophets in times of great devastation and despair in days of old would actually prophesy to the people in the madness of humanity and all the things that were going on would prophesy about a Messiah would come. Some 700 years before that would be prophesied by different prophets, hundreds of prophecies about the birth of Jesus. And it brought hope to people because they knew a Saviour was coming, a Messiah, the Saviour was coming. And it put hope in their heart. It instilled them with confidence for the future because hope was coming. And then the second, the second candle that was lit is known as the Bethlehem candle. And that represents faith. And you know, that's what you and I are called to live by. We're called to live by faith, just like Mary, bless her darling heart, at the young teenage years, being told, having a visitation from an an angelic being, a massive angel, basically being told that she was the one that was favoured and would carry the Messiah. Now, we all think that's all that's marvellous. How exciting. That was really serious back in 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. She was an unmarried teenager took faith for her to say, may it be according to your will. Your will, not my will, your will. It's going to take faith for you and I to say, according to your will, not my will. I know I've had to do that this year. I've had to go, your will be done. Not my will, not where I want to be, not how I want it to be done, but your will. I have re-surrendered and rededicated my life to the call again. And it's going to take faith from you, but not faith in yourself, faith in Jesus and his promises, faith in his strength, faith in the courage that he's going to give you to do what he's called you to do. Because whatever he has called us to do, he has equipped us to do it. And ultimately what he's called us to do is to know him and to make him known. Wherever you may be, to know him and to make him known in the way you live your life, in the way you conduct yourself, 
with the integrity and the character and the fruit of the Spirit coming up and out of you. That is what we're called to do. And we all find it in different settings. Some of us are on the platform here. Some of you are in the workplace. Some of you are in schools, in hospitals, at the cashier till, at Reva. Wherever you may be, you are called to know Him and to make Him known. Amen. 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 And like I said, this third Advent calendar, what we've just sang about joy. Oh my gosh, joy. We need joy. This world needs joy. Mark and I have been listening to some kind of, you know, very quirky English comedy this week. And honestly, the laughter. And I was like, do you know what? The world needs comedy. But actually, the world needs joy. There's nothing like British humour. You actually need to be British to get it. But... (laughs) But we know what we're talking about and laughing about, even though others don't. Ask Connie, she knows. But joy, joy unspeakable, because joy is not based on circumstance. Joy pours up and out of us because God is in us. Amen. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of anything that's going on, the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you would put your hand up and say you need strength? I know I need strength. Well, Father, keep your hand up, everybody. Father, I thank you for everybody that's raised their hand saying that they need strength. I too have my hands and I see to my left that my husband has both his hands in the air. And I just thank you that you are our strength and we receive it right now. Strength and joy to face tomorrow for every single person here as they head into the Christmas season with family, with friends, travel, different circumstances, difficulties, challenges that you will be their strength. You'll be their wisdom. You'll be their goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then like I said today, the angel's candle representing peace, and we all know the world needs peace. And a portion of Scripture that's very familiar when it comes to the angel's candle representing peace is what I'm going to read to you right now. And it's found in Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. And it says this, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I speak that into the atmosphere right now with the authority that Jesus Christ has given me in his name. Do not be afraid. Our online Christmas service is fear not. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has not given you a spirit of fear or of condemnation, but of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. Fear not, the angel said. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. You know, what I find really 
encouraging. There's so many amazing things about this verse, which I think we are familiar with at this time of, you know, the Christmas time. We hear these scriptures being read. But I just want to remind us that the angel went to the shepherds and said, the Messiah, the Saviour of the world, hope for humanity is going to be born. And then they went, and you will find him as a baby wrapped in a manger. They seem too far apart to me. But still, it was still the promise of God. You know, Jesus was actually in a feeding trough for the animals. That's what a manger is. And so the Messiah is being born, but it seems to be contradictory when we find that the Messiah is a baby in a feeding trough. And I don't know what promises you have had over your life. I don't know what you have been believing God for. And when you have known that this is what you are expecting, this is what's been promised over your life. I mean, the fact of the matter is the whole Bible is God's promise for us. The whole Bible. What are you holding on to and saying, that is mine? It may not look right now as you are expecting it to look, but it's still working. God is still working behind the scenes. He's still very active. Amen. I know in my life there is situations and there's circumstances and there's different things and I've been holding on to promises for God. And I've realised as I've been preparing this message, actually that's already happened. It's just a baby in a feeding trough right now. But in actual fact, the promise is still there. It's just this stage right now. But nonetheless, it is still the promise being fulfilled. Amen. Amen. The angels herald the arrival of the baby Jesus, 100% man, 100% God. How does that happen? I don't know. It's 100% man, 100% God. 100% God. And Jesus came, 100% man, 100% God. God appearing in the flesh, the incarnate, God incarnate. And Philippians 2 verses 6 to 7, I pray that these words will just wash over you as I just speak them. It says, though he was God, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. That's just, it overwhelms me. He could have clung to his privileges, of which were many, and they were great privileges. But he didn't, and he didn't cling to them because of you. He didn't cling to them because of me. Because he loves you and he loves me. He loves all of humanity. And so he chose to lay them aside and he chose to come and be born in a baby's trough, a feeding trough. You know, even I was a midwife for 12 years, and hey ho, most women expect to have a baby in a clean, maternity unit. And then the king of kings comes along and he's born in a manger, in an inn, you know, couldn't, no room in the inn. And he's found, finds his beginning on earth in a trough because of his love for you and his love for me. All the prophecies were fulfilled and Jesus came. He came and we can now have an ongoing personal relationship with God because he chose not to cling to his privileges. What is it we're clinging on to right now? What are we clinging on to? What are you clinging on to? What am I clinging on to that I need to actually let go so that I can fulfill the purposes of God? If he can do it with so much, he can give us the strength to do it with the little that we have. 
Amen. I think we would all agree that the birth of Jesus was not an ordinary baby's birth. It wasn't, you know, my Leela or Isaac or, you know, all the babies that have been born this year, as wonderful and miraculous as it is. It was the Son of God being born. This was a miracle. This was a physical manifestation of God himself. Amen. And in Micah 5 verse 2, which was a prophecy that was spoken 700 years before Jesus was born, it gives us this um, verse that again in this season I've seen with fresh eyes. Let me read it to you. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, from you will go forth the one who will be the ruler for me in Israel. His goings forth are from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Now, yes, I think we would all say we know that scripture because it tells us where Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. But I wonder if we've missed that last sentence, which basically says his goings forth are from the beginning, from the days of eternity. You see, Jesus who was born 2,000 years ago in the manger, Jesus who was born had already existed with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit in eternity past. This is incredible. This is what's kind of spoken to me more so this year than ever. You see, the fact of the matter is Jesus was unique in that His birth did not mark His origin, but it marked His appearance as a human on planet Earth. But it didn't mark His beginning. That's our Jesus. It marked His arrival as a human being. It marked that moment when He decided that He would give up his privileges. It marked that moment, that decision, that choice when he meant, I am going to be saviour for humanity. No longer with a mediator, with all these barriers to come in to the presence of God, but through me, they will come directly into the presence of God. That's the moment that was marked, but he had existed. And I do believe that, there, I like my imagination to run wild, but I do believe that when the angels were singing, glory to God in the highest, that they were singing. They were singing from a point of knowing who Jesus was before He was born in the flesh. Can you imagine the sound? We've just had the most amazing sound singing joyful, just joyful, joyful, and more joy. Can you imagine the sound of angels who knew who they were singing about? And there was a multitude of them. It was like an ocean full of angels, but in the sky. And multitude of them. You see, at that moment in time, the shepherds, when the angels had declared to them that the Messiah was born and it was a baby in a manger, that's what the shepherds knew. Yay, how exciting. Let's go and see what the angels have said. But you know what? The angels were singing from knowing that He was God of eternity past. They knew that He was who we read about in John 1 verses 1 to 2, which says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him, not even one thing was made that was coming into being. In Him was life and the power to bestow life and the life was the light of man. 
and the Word, verse 14, Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw His glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique. Oh, yes, indeed He is. The only one of His kind who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. That was who the angels were singing about. And you know what? That's who we're singing about today. I wonder if it will make it make us, oh, a little bit more, oh my gosh. When we sing these amazing songs of truth about our Jesus, amen. So the first point that I want to bring to all of us today is that Jesus has actively been working since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. And that includes in your life too. Since the beginning of time, He knew you before the foundation of the world. And before He's been working, working, working actively, preparing the way to lead you, to guide you into all truth. Amen? He's been working on your behalf. And you know, you may be here and you may not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour yet. But you know what? Whatever, He has been working because He's for all people. All people. Some of you may know Mark's story who basically, you know, he was beaching in California for a year and he was going to come back to cold England, get his visa to go and beach a bit more in sunny Australia. And in the meantime, he encountered Jesus, the Jesus that we're singing about and talking about today. He encountered his Saviour. He gave his life to Jesus and it completely changed his life around. But before Mark actually came to church that weekend, before he turned up at the marquee tent meetings that we were having in a farmer's field that weekend, he was lying on the floor in his parents' home because he was used to you know, being on the beach, so he didn't want to sleep in bed. He was happy sleeping on the floor. <laughs> and basically he heard these words, I love you, I forgive you, now it's time. He didn't know that was God speaking spirit to spirit. He does now, but at that time he didn't. And I think sometimes you will, you'll all look back. All of us can look back and go, oh my gosh, back then, God was working. God was working. There's so many things we will not know this side of eternity, but God is working. Trust me, he is working, actively working. And not just on your life, but on those that you love dearly. Don't give up. You know, do not get weary in praying for your loved ones. Do not get weary in believing God that this is a house of salvation. This is a house of prayer. This is a house of praise. This is a house of worship. And this is a house of salvation. Amen. Don't be weary. You know, there is a carol that says, the weary world rejoices. Yes, I understand. Weariness and fatigue. 2020 has been a very destroyed, the 2020s. You know, 2020, 21, 22. I mean, gosh, we just want to close the door and go into the 30s, don't we? (laughs) But in all honesty, in all honesty, weariness, we understand weariness and fatigue. But you know what? With joy being our strength, with the joy of the Lord putting like battery charger in us, we can overcome. And I'm not saying we deny it, but we can overcome it, acknowledge it, know where we need to go, what we need to do so that we can be recharged, amen. And one of the ways that we can recharge, what I feel one of the ways that helps us when we feel weary is actually just writing a thankfulness list. Not a Christmas wish list, like my Christmas um, jumper and Santa pyjamas, nothing like that. Just a thankful list. Uh, Can you just take time, would you? I've done this this week. I'm asking you, would you take time this week to actually, with your stolen, your cup of tea, your cup of coffee, your mulled wine, just actually sit and write a thankful list. 
not just for the hearing, but the years gone by where God has been working, you, you'll know. Just write it down. You know, one of the, one of the, we're so blessed to have the Ukrainian women here because I've got to tell you, they, they want to close the door in 2022. They're here and I've never met such a thankful group of women and children and teenagers and young adults. Seriously. And, you know, we're actually going to hear Olga's story on the 24th. For, and it's a story of faith. It's a story of hope. It's a story of God's peace. Amen. The second point that I just want to bring to us in the short time that I have left is that you're not alone. You are not alone. Emmanuel, God with us. It is his promise. It is his gift. You and I are not alone. He said he would never leave us, never forsake us. He would be with us till the end of the earth. He will never leave you. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our protection and source of strength. He's always ready to help us in times of trouble. Always ready to help. That is very active. I wonder again this season, will we humble ourselves? He humbled himself for us. I wonder if we would just humble ourselves and come to him again. Come to him afresh with the petitions and the prayers and the requests that we have and lay them at his feet because he is able and he knows all the details and he's able to join the dots and he's able to minister. You know, if you're listening online right now, I don't know whether you've been unwell or you're unable to come today. And I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity to actually speak into people's lives. But if you're behind the screen there, you are not alone. You're not alone. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with you. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit is there. And what you have need of, He has provision in His hands right now for you. Will you just, by faith, take it? Take what you need from the table the table, the banqueting table that he has laid for you and he's laid for me, take it. It's yours. He's provided already. Amen. Amen. And then I'm just going to, yep, go for it. (laughs) And then I'm just going to finish off here. Actually, I do want to just say this because this is something again that I think helps all of us. When we pray, We're not praying to the baby in the trough in the manger. We're praying to the Jesus who he is now in Revelations. And it says he has fire blazing out of his eyes. He has a two-edged sword of truth being spoken from his mouth. It says his feet are like bronzed, immovable, unshakable. And his voice is like the sound of rushing water. Isn't that interesting that rushing water is really, really powerful? It's a force to be reckoned with. And yet the sound of rushing water can actually put us to sleep. That's the Jesus we're praying to. Amen. Amen. And then the last, the last point I want to share is that he's waiting for us in our future. He's waiting for us in our future. The fact of the matter is the future, we're all living with the future. I mean, there's going to be a future evening. There's going to be a future tomorrow. There's going to be a future year, a future decade. There's always going to be a future. So we need to get comfortable. I feel like I want to get more comfortable with trusting God with the future because I'm always living in the future. And if I'm always worried and anxious about the future, that's how I'm going to live for the rest of my days because the future is always awaiting us. 
But when I know that Jesus is waiting in my future for me, what confidence, what reassurance. Because yes, it's full of unknowns and we can't control it. But Jesus is there. And you know, I know for sure I can trust him with everything. I can trust him. He loves me. I can trust him. You can trust him because the Prince of Peace is in your future. And this is what he said. He said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. That's the word of the Lord. And then I've got more to share, but I, I'm just going to bring this to a close here for the sake of time because I know that the Holy Spirit can do what he needs to do in your life. I believe that enough has been sung and shared today to actually pour courage into your heart. And what I want to say before the team lead us in another song of praise and worship, and before Mark comes up and extends an invitation for people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, I just want to say that I pray that this season we are all reminded afresh of the fact that we are honouring and celebrating and worshipping and adoring Jesus Christ who was, Jesus Christ who is, and Jesus Christ who is to come. Amen.